Okay, welcome to Free Association. Saturday evening, it's about six o'clock. So I've, I literally did, did my live radio show about an hour ago, finished it off. A, a bizarre combination of Boris Johnson's resignation as an MP and whistleblower disclosure about UFO sightings and alien encounters. So politics and I don't know what you would call UFO encounters. Does that count as metaphysics? I don't think it does. It counts as military-industrial complex conspiracy theories, really. So this show is to play the clip of Boris Johnson that I was going to play this afternoon, but I played something else instead that was more current, and it turned out that two more MPs had resigned. So Boris Johnson resigned last night, Nadine Dorries resigned last night, and then somebody else resigned earlier this afternoon. So that's three by-elections coming up that the Tory party will have to defend seats in. So there's a concerted, planned campaign to undermine Rishi Sunak's authority, I think, pretty much. And that's interesting. But uh, the, the piece I wanted to play was from last night, which was the BBC response to Boris Johnson's resignation. So I'm just going to play that now, and then I'll maybe talk about it a little bit. Just want to bring you some breaking news from here in the UK. Boris Johnson, uh, former Prime Minister, is going to stand down as an MP. He's quitting as an MP. Uh, quote, I'm stepping down forthwith and triggering an immediate by-election. So we have just interrupted that uh, breaking news from uh, the US. Uh, two hugely significant uh, stories happening at exactly the same time right now. So we have a statement from Boris Johnson uh, basically saying that he will be stepping down forthwith and triggering an immediate by-election in his constituency. It is a uh, rather long statement, but there are some uh, key bits of it that I want to bring, bring you in full. Uh, it starts like this. I have received a letter from the Privileges Committee uh, making it clear, much to my amazement, that they are determined to use the proceedings against me to drive me out of Parliament. They have still not produced a shred of evidence that I knowingly or recklessly misled the Commons. They know perfectly well when I spoke in the Commons I was saying what I believe sincerely to be true and what I had been briefed to say, like any other minister. They know that I corrected the record as soon as possible and they know that I and every other senior official and minister included uh, the current Prime Minister and the occupant of the same building, Rishi Sunak, uh, believed that we were working lawfully together. I have been an MP since 2001. I take my responsibility seriously. I did not lie, and I believe that in their hearts the committee know it. But they have willfully chosen to ignore the truth uh, because the, from the outset their purpose has not been to discover the truth or genuinely understand what was in my mind when I spoke in the Commons. Their purpose from the beginning has been to find me guilty regardless of the facts. This is the very definition of a kangaroo court. Most members of the committee, especially the chair, had already expressed deeply prejudicial remarks about my guilt uh, before they had seen the evidence. Uh, they should 
have recused themselves. In retrospect, it was naive and trusting in me to think that these proceedings could be remotely useful or fair, but I was determined to believe in the system and in justice and to vindicate what I knew to be the truth. It was the same faith in the impartiality of our systems that led me to the Commission Sue Gray. It is uh, clear that my faith had been misplaced. Of course, it suits the Labour Party, the Liberal Democrats and the SNP to do whatever they can to remove me from Parliament. Sadly, as we saw in July last year, there are currently some Tory MPs who share that view. I am not alone in thinking uh, this was a witch hunt underway to take revenge for Brexit and ultimately to reverse the 2016 referendum result. My removal is the necessary first step and I believe there's been a concerted attempt to bring it about. I'm afraid I no longer believe that this is any coincidence and that Sue Gray, who investigated gatherings in Number 10, is now the Chief of Staff designate of the Labour leader. Nor do I believe that it is a coincidence that her supposedly impartial Chief Counsel uh, turned out to be a strong Labour supporter who repeatedly uh, tweeted personal attacks on me and the government. When I left office last year, the government uh, was only a handful of points behind in the polls. The gap has now massively widened. Just a few years after winning the biggest majority in almost half a century, that majority is now clearly at risk. Our party needs urgently to recapture its sense of momentum and its belief in what the country can do. We need to show how we're making the most of Brexit and we need in the next months uh, to be setting out a pro-growth, pro-investment agenda. Uh, we need to cut business and personal taxes and not just as pre-election gimmicks uh, rather than endlessly putting them up. We must not be afraid to be properly conservative government. We have uh, so passively abandoned the prospect of a free trade deal with the US. Why have we junked measures to help people into housing or to scrap EU directives or to promote animal welfare? Uh, we need to deliver on the 2019 manifesto, which was endorsed by 14 uh, million people. And I have read quite a lot of it there, as you can appreciate, and it is uh, quite long. There is uh, more to go. Uh, but let's bring in uh, Joanne Nadler uh, now. Thanks very much for coming on the programme. My pleasure, so I what, think. <laughs> what's, your, what's your reaction to what's just happened? Well, um, I think it's highly regretful. Um, I think that uh, this, together with the announcement earlier from Nadine Dorries, and, and these, obviously, we're, we're analysing this in, in real time. Uh, so we don't know all of the circumstances uh, that have provoked um, either of these announcements, although we do seem to have more information in Boris Johnson's case based on what you've just read. Um, but I, uh, so what I wanted to say is I want to calibrate my comments to take into account that there are obviously human issues here. But my gut reaction is that this is going to uh, really throw the Conservative Party, Parliamentary Party and the wider party uh, into something of uh, um, an unnecessary uh, spasm of uh, introspection. Uh, and whilst I agree with some of the points that Boris Johnson has just made about the necessity to stick to the 2019 manifesto, uh, sadly, I'd have to say that um, he was unable to do that. Now, I, I'm fully appreciate that there were extraordinary circumstances that, if you like, knocked him off course. But he had an extraordinary mandate. It was, in, in many ways, a personal mandate. 
Um, and he seemed to lose his way about delivering um, on many of the things that people were expecting to, to come out of that um, momentous Brexit decision. Now, he delivered Brexit. Yes, he did. Uh, but he left a lot of uh, a lot of it undone and has passed that on to his two successors. Uh, and I think at this stage, to stand down in this way, it seems to me to be something of an abrogation of responsibility to his party. Um, and it would obviously have enemies of the Conservative Party cheering to the rafters. OK, listen, just um, if you wouldn't mind just staying there, because I think for the sake of uh, fullness and completeness, I'm going to finish reading the statement. Uh, it is quite long. There is we are through most of it. But just for a sense of where where we are, um, actually, I'm being told that I can't do that. We've got to go to Ben Wright uh, our <laughs> first. Uh, ben, I think you outranked me or something. Uh, but <laughs> just uh, just give us your uh, reaction to, to this. Well, I've just got a lot of calls, to, uh, a lot of calls to make. This is extraordinary. Uh, this was unexpected. We did not think this was about to happen. Boris Johnson has triggered an immediate by-election. He's standing down, he's throwing in the towel, he's leaving Parliament. A letter that his office has just released that you've read a big chunk of explains why. I mean, he is furious. We know that he received a letter from uh, the Privileges Committee that had been investigating whether or not he deliberately lied to Parliament. He received their initial findings early this week. He then had a couple of weeks to respond, and we didn't expect to hear anything really more about the Privileges Committee until uh, the end of June. But he has, he has jumped the gun. He's preempted it. He has lashed out at the work of that committee, describing it as a kangaroo court, describing what's happened to him as a political hit job. He's lacerating about the chair of that committee, uh, Harriet Harman, who I haven't heard from yet, but I've just uh, tried to make contact with her. But the, the headline is that he's had enough. He's off. It is extraordinary. It is the end of, uh, of just uh, one of the most remarkable political careers we've seen. Yeah, no question. There had been no Conservative politician like him, really, both when he was in City Hall and when he led the Brexit campaign, which helped him get to, to number 10. Electorally, he was really successful. Uh, I mean, he fronted the Brexit campaign, of course. Uh, he then won an 80-seat majority for the Tories, their biggest since uh, 1987, the biggest for 30 years in 2019. He had a big mandate and a big majority. And then we saw uh, during his leadership of uh, the UK during COVID, which was just a, you know, the remark a remarkable time for someone like Boris Johnson, any prime minister, to find themselves leading a country then. Quickly, though, you know, it was engulfed in Partygate and scandal and the promise uh, that he had certainly as far as his party was concerned back in 2019, just unravelled. And he was driven out within three years by his own MPs who were fed up of the scandal and what they saw as a collapse in standards in public life that he had overseen. And, you know, he, he has been making a lot of money, actually, in the last uh, few months on the speaker circuit, uh, writing books. Uh, he's been there in the back background. Huge speculation in Westminster about whether he may be in a position at some point to mount some sort of come back, either this side of a general election or the other side, uh, that is not going to happen now. Uh, as I said, he has called time on his political uh, career, and this is a pretty astonishing turn of events. And, and just give us your reaction to some of the language here, because uh, talking about a witch hunt, well, that's a phrase we're all familiar from uh, the US and Donald Trump, talking about a kangaroo court. Are these kind of flourishes of language that were kind of used to him from his newspaper commentator days, or is this a real uh, accusation with serious teeth? 
Uh, look, I mean, you, you make a very good point, and this is perhaps the sort of language that you'd hear from someone like Donald Trump, who felt aggrieved and hard done by. Uh, he is trashing the system on his way out. He thinks that this, this has been done completely unfairly. He thinks the uh, committee, the Privileges Committee, is riddled with bias in his view, and that he never had a, a fair hearing. Now, a different politician would have you know, accepted the conclusions of uh, a committee like this and accepted the process as it is. But he has, he has not. He has lambasted them and is trying to sort of shred their credibility on his way out. Ben, it is uh, an extraordinary uh, moment. Um, I know it's pretty early, but you, you suggested their books and other engagements outside Parliament. Would people around him have known this for a while? Was this one of those uh, open secrets there in Westminster that everyone knew, or is this genuinely a shock? No, this is a, this is a genuine, genuine shock. Uh, I think the expectation was is that he was going to get a very rough time uh, when, this, when the Privileges Committee reported. Uh, they would have recommended a sanction that uh, MPs then would have voted upon. It was possible he was looking at a 10-day suspension. It was, it was possible that there may have been a, a by-election, a recall and a by-election in his Uxbridge seat. So I think you know, things were looking pretty difficult for him, but he has decided not to wait for the committee to report and to find out whatever punishment MPs decided to mete out to him and, and walk perhaps before he was pushed. And Ben, um, just remind people watching around, around the world, um, he's not Prime Minister uh, right now. The, he is a, a, an MP and um, his resignation, what does that actually mean in practice? Well, in, in practice, it means now that there will be uh, a by-election in his constituency in, in Uxbridge, in, in West, just in, in West London. Uh, it's not a very big majority, uh, so I think the opposition parties will be desperate to, to take that. And it's a total headache for, for Rishi Sunak, who, of course, took over after the fleeting premiership of Liz Truss, who followed the collapse of Boris Johnson's premiership last year. Rishi Sunak, the current prime minister, desperate to try and bring a sense of stability to his party, to the government, to make it look sort of managerial and efficient and that it had put all the traumas of the last year or two behind it. And yet Boris Johnson has come back into the spotlight with a vengeance here. And I think, he look, he does have supporters still within the parliamentary party. There's no doubt about that. I think his power within the parliamentary Conservative Party had certainly waned, particularly as this committee, the Privileges Committee investigations got going and he himself gave evidence to it. Just today we had his resignations honours list, the people that Boris Johnson had recommended to go to the House of Lords or to get various different honours, which attracted a huge amount of quite expected criticism from across the political uh, spectrum. Uh, but it, nobody expected, frankly, him to do this and preempt the Privileges Committee's report into his actions. And as I said, it's a, I think it's a pretty massive headache for the current Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. Ben, thank you so much for giving us your uh, initial immediate reaction to all that. I will let you go. So that's the BBC's account from yesterday, the 9th of June, uh, when the resignation took place. So it's all a bit rushed. But uh, in the light of day, it looks like a campaign to directly undermine Rishi Sunak. And they're giving him back what he gave Boris Johnson, effectively, mass resignations, producing instability which will shift the leadership.
I don't know who's going to step up and claim the leadership, but uh, Rishi Sunak. So the whole this whole thing's only taken a year. So this time last year, Boris Johnson was in charge, I think, pretty much. And then the election campaign was August, wasn't it? And then September, we had Liz Truss. And she lasted about a month. And then we had another election, quick election campaign, and then Rishi Sunak took over. So it's less than a year ago that Boris Johnson was in charge. He's bitter. He's bitter and twisted, but we know he's bitter and twisted. He's always been bitter and twisted. So we shouldn't be too surprised about that. So I don't like the guy. I've never liked the guy. I don't like Keir Starmer either. So I don't know. I'd... Anyway, I'm not going to repeat what I said in, in this afternoon's show because you can listen to that on the podcast if you choose to. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up there. It's, I'm going to wrap it up there. And uh, keep, your, keep your eyes posted on this situation because it's going to get interesting. There'll be probably be more resignations and more comments in tomorrow's papers. Uh, the Sundays I'll get a lot of interviews from senior Tories and backbenchers, I would imagine and put together their own version of events. Anyway, that's it for now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you again later.